Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We are so excited for USA Netherlands. We can barely contain our excitement, but there's plenty of other football news, the American kind, happening today here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm Courtney Cronin. She's Shea Cornette, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's tap in now with Chris Canty, usual host of his show. It's his show, Canty and Carlin, here on ESPN Radio. Uh, the big news to Sean Watson back at practice today. We didn't hear from him, Canty, but he is there. We saw it him live and in the flesh. Now, this is a Browns team that has 7%, a 7% chance to make the postseason. And their stretch the rest of the way is not that bad. Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Saints, Washington Commanders, and then the Steelers. How big of a shot? I know it's an outside one, but where do you think they stand in terms of actually making the AFC playoffs? Oh, it's a long shot. When you look at the schedule for the Chargers, you see that they have a much easier road to go. And the Cincinnati Bengals have shown us enough over the last year and a half of ball to trust that they'll be a contender. So, as you can see, the wild card spots start filling up. You look at what's going on with the New York Jets, the Baltimore Ravens, those are all teams that are also in the mix for the wild card. I just feel like they have a better chance of being able to make it to the playoffs than the Cleveland Browns. And so I think the Browns will make some noise in terms of winning some games down the stretch, but ultimately they will come up just a little bit short. But I think they look at this as an opportunity for Deshaun Watson to shake off some runs and use the back half of 2022 as a springboard into the 2023 season. Canty, first of all, I haven't talked to you since you got married. So first of all, congratulations. I'm embarrassed that I'm doing it over the airways. But nonetheless, better late than never. Um, so we'll, start... <laughs> we'll start there. Now, let's go back to the Browns. Um, first of all, Deshaun Watson hasn't thrown a football in, in a regular season game in like two years. It's been a long time since we've seen him under center in any uniform. And I know you mentioned shaking off the rust here over these last couple of games for the Browns. But what do you anticipate we are going to see this weekend as he goes up against his former team that only has one win on the season in those Houston Texans? Well, I think this is a situation where Deshaun Watson is going to have a heightened degree of focus just because of how things ended in Houston. I get that he's excited to be back on a football field, but just looking at the X's and O's, the attention to detail, the game plan, um, there's going to be a little bit extra into this one because this is one of those games, Shay, where you circle it in red ink as a player. Um, and for Deshaun, that's for several different reasons. And so I, I think you'll you'll get a better version of Deshaun Watson than what we saw in the preseason earlier this year. Uh, and I'm excited to see what this offense looks like with an actual game plan for a specific opponent. Um, if you look at the Cleveland Browns, they've had the best run game in football over the last three years, and now you get to marry that with a quarterback that has the movement skills and the arm talent like Deshaun Watson. So I'm excited about what Kevin Stefanski is able to come up with uh, and what this offense is actually going to look like in meaningful games. Talking with Chris Canty, host of this show, Canty and Carlin, on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Courtney Crone and Shea Cornette. So Aaron Rodgers says that he plans to play this weekend when the Packers travel down to Chicago to take on the Bears. And I wanted to ask you this from a former player's perspective because the way that the Bears are handling Justin Fields and his shoulder injury feels a little different than the leash Aaron Rodgers has to decide whether he's good to go or not. 
I know that everything that transpired going into the 2021 season where he didn't feel included in conversations, where he didn't feel empowered in all of the decisions that were being made, probably leads the Packers to want to give him the wherewithal to be like, all right, if you say you can go, then you're able to make that decision on your own, whereas a younger player like Justin Fields feels like there's more hoops for him to jump through to get back into onto the field. Do you think that's the right approach for the Packers, given what Rodgers has been playing through and what he just sustained Sunday in Philadelphia? No, I don't think that's the right approach for the Packers. They need to shut Aaron Rodgers down. They need to take back some semblance of control of their franchise, um, but that's not what's going to happen. Based on the comments we've heard from Matt LaFleur and from what it sounds like with the Aaron Rodgers interview on Pat McAfee, He's going to go out there and play. Um, he's had a lot of success down in Chicago, and he ain't shy about letting everybody know about it. Um, but the unfortunate part about this is that the Green Bay Packers are missing an opportunity to salvage what's left of their 2022 season. And by that, I mean being able to get an extended look at Jordan Love. Uh, I, I get that the Packers are not mathematically eliminated. That could change this weekend with the win by the Minnesota Vikings and a loss to the Detroit Lions. Um, but but I just, it feels like this is a situation that, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want Jordan Love to have any oxygen. And by that, I mean get any opportunity to show that he can be a viable option for the Packers at the quarterback spot moving forward. Guys, if you think back to how Aaron Rodgers got the job in 2007 against the Dallas Cowboys, and I should know I was on this team, we knocked Brett Favre out of the game in the first half of that, that matchup. It was a 17-point lead. Aaron Rodgers stepped in, and that was a seven-point ball game with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And the Green Bay Packers and everybody else around the NFL realized that this dude Aaron Rodgers can play. That following offseason, Packers shipped off Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers was the starting quarterback from their sport. Guys, I honestly believe that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want history to repeat itself. And I hate saying that about a guy that's the back-to-back MVP, but I think that's the reality of where he's at in his career because this is his age 39 season. So it just feels like the Green Bay Packers don't have the ability to step in and do what's in the best interest of the franchise long term because they've given Aaron Rodgers so much power with that contract this offseason. Yeah, and that's what happens when you have only four wins on the season. All right, Canty, Thursday night, actually, we have a good football game. Buffalo's going to New England to take on the Patriots. I can't believe it, but I'm going to use this kind of as a springboard here to talk a little bit more about the Patriots, maybe, because the Athletic suggested something, and then I saw former Patriots, I think offensive lineman Matt Light, also commented on this as well. I'm going to ask you this just straightforward. What do you think is a more likely scenario? We see Tom Brady as the quarterback of the Buccaneers next season or as the quarterback of the New England Patriots next season? I think the Patriots is far more likely than the Bucs. Guys, I, I know that sounds crazy, but just looking at how this season unfolded and knowing the commitment that Tampa's made to Ty Bowles, you tell me if Tom Brady wants to sign up to – be the quarterback for this football team, seeing how bad they are and the head coach not necessarily being able to navigate around some of the landmines, uh, some of the injuries that they've had, and then to compound the issue, also having problems with overall game management. If you're Tom Brady, you recognize, yeah, I don't know if this is going to put me in a situation where I can take advantage of the twilight of my career. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have fallen flat on their faces this year, and the only thing that seemingly changed is their head coach's position. I get that there have been some injuries up front on the offensive line. 
I get that they've had receivers in and out of the lineup, but that doesn't explain what the hell is going on with the defense. And the last time I checked, that's the side of the ball that Todd Bowles is responsible for. And, guys, if you looked at the game management at the end of the Cleveland Browns game, it was absolutely egregious. I mean, there's no explanation as to why he doesn't use a timeout after their first down play to Rashad White. And there's no reason for it. And then the two previous drives before that in the fourth quarter, they had four called passes to two called runs. And you're talking about having a seven-point lead. It took up less than two minutes of game clock on those two drives combined. Tom Bowles has not done the job down there in Tampa. Uh, I didn't realize how much the Bucks would miss Bruce Arians, but it's obvious at this point that they do. Um, and, and I don't know that Tom Brady wants to sign up for the Todd Bowles experience for another year. Yeah, he certainly does miss his former play caller and head coach. It's pretty apparent by the way the offense has played out this year. And as you mentioned, it, maybe he'll get to spend his twilight somewhere else. Some people's twilights are longer than others. Maybe he'll be 46 years old and back in New England next year. He is Chris Canty, <laughs> co-host of Canty and Carlin, right here on ESPN Radio. Canty, thanks See, so Canty. much for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Keep holding Bye. it down. See you, buddy. All right, a former teammate of Tom Brady says, do not be shocked if that exact scenario that Canty was talking about plays out with a reuniting of forces between Belichick and Brady. We'll get into that next here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Maybe the blood isn't so bad after all between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's at least what's being floated out there by the Athletics' Jeff Howe. He used to cover the New England Patriots for just over a decade. And as we do at this time of year, we start speculating about what's going to happen in 2023. What sort of quarterback movement can we see potentially coming down the line? And one scenario that's playing out, and it's getting a lot of traction right now, is that Tom Brady could be headed back to the New England Patriots. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. She's Shea Cornette. I'm Courtney Kern, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. So that scenario has been out there. We know how this season's played out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not a good one. And offensively, this is not, like, getting the best out of Tom Brady at 45 years old, Shay. So Mm -hmm. when you hear the thought of Tom Brady actually going back to New England, knowing how his exit played out there, you say what? 
Uh, I love it. <laughs> I would actually love this. I would love the drama of it. I would love all the hoopla surrounding it. I'd love the reuniting of Bill and Brady. I love all of it. However, the problem still remains as the same problem when Brady left. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that is that he doesn't have a ton of weapons at his disposal there in New England. Um, yes, Ramondre Stevenson is great, but there's not this like plethora of options that I think he wants and and wanted when he was in New England. And so they would have to invest some assets into that or go find it in the draft. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying it still feels like the same issues that he had when he left. Now, if you look at what the Tampa Bay Bucks are dealing with, I mean, didn't we say before the season, like, I'm concerned about this offensive line and all the injuries they had. That's been a problem. The efficiency of the offense has been a problem. The defense has been a problem. Candy just pointed out the time management late in games has been a problem. I mean, quite frankly, there's not, there's just not bright. There's no bright spot to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And I think if you go back to the Patriots for Tom Brady on top of the familiarity regardless of whether or not you add these skill positions that will is ultimately what he wants, there will be bright spots, whether it's the head coach, whether it's well-coached lines on both sides of the football, whatever it is, there will be more bright spots than there are right now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and it's it's certainly a stretch because Tom Brady is 45 years old. Who's to say, because we haven't heard it come from his mouth, that he plans to keep playing next season? I know at one point he said he wants to play till he's 50. He's obviously dealt with some off-the-field stuff that might impact his decision for continuing on his career this year. But he's back in Tampa Bay on a short-term deal for a reason, and it does give him the flexibility to think about potentially a different spot for next year. But the one that he would go back to that we have discussed, it could be the New England Patriots, that's gained some traction and seems to be to the liking of some of his former teammates, including Matt Light, former Patriots offensive lineman who was on WEEI earlier today on the Greg Hill Show and had this to say on Brady going back to the Pats. Listen, I wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, the guy wants to win and he knows how to do it with a guy like Belichick, right? I think he's seen you know, the difference is now, I mean, he, he only played for Bill, and then he goes down to Tampa, and he's had a couple head coaches down there now. And, he, you know, he could conceivably come back and want to be with a proven winner. That would not shock me at all. Okay, so would the proven winner want him, though? Because mm-hmm. Bill Belichick had no qualms about sending Tom Brady out the door into free agency in 2020. Do you think that he's seen the writing on the wall that it's very difficult to win without a Super Bowl winning champion quarterback? Or do you think that he's going to just like double down on being stubborn about this? And even if Brady expressed interest in going back to the Patriots, he wouldn't sign off on that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that Bill would be stubborn about it at all. I, 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 I mean, look, we're, what are we sitting here talking about? Like the stubbornness of Bill Belichick? I don't know. I'm not in those conversations with him and I don't know him personally, but I think he's seen enough over these last couple of years to know like the grass is isn't greener. And I think Brady has probably too, albeit he has a Super Bowl ring to show for it. Like he's already tried the experiment. It didn't work in a lot of ways. It did work originally, but now it's not. And like, do you want to go through the same experiment another year? Or do you want to take your talents back to where you're familiar with the head coach you're familiar with and like rewrite history? 
I just, uh, to me, this would be the perfect ending to the book for Tom Brady. It would be so great. And from a fan perspective or for someone who covers this sport for a living, like, I love everything about this, Courtney. I love it so much. And I hate that I never thought of this until today. I hate that today is the day that someone implanted this into my brain. Like, wouldn't this be great? And I hate that I didn't think of it. And now I love all of it. It's great. I mean, it's good in theory because we've seen this happen before and what was pointed out in this column of speculation of pointing what to what the 2023 quarterback movement could look like. It could be very similar to what's happening, what happened last year where you see Russell Wilson moving on and, you know, obviously the wide receiver group made a lot of headway there, but the quarterback movement could be even more this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, will Ro- will, you got to think about Aaron Rodgers here because – we know that he doesn't want to give up his job to Jordan Love. And I think that that's part of the ego that is at least, you know, motivating him to want to play against the Green Bay pa- against the Chicago Bears this week when the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. come down to Chicago, mm-hmm. even though he's super injured and had to have an MRI on his ribs following the Eagles game because he knows the window that you leave open for somebody else to start in your place, you may never get your job back regardless of what your contract says, which it's a hard contract to move, but it is Aaron Rodgers. So can he be back in Green Bay next year? Because I think that there's a possibility here that if the Jets do not go back to Zach Wilson this year because they can ride Mike White for as long as they as they can and get into the postseason and maybe even win a playoff game, that they would still look at their window as win now and believe that they needed a better quarterback, a veteran quarterback to do that, and then put the trade call in for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let me ask you this, Court. What do you think is a more likely scenario? Of these three quarterbacks, which one I should – let me word it this way. Of these three quarterbacks, which one do you think is moved next year? Only think- pick one. Russell Wilson – Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? No one wants Russell Wilson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will stay in Green Bay, and I think I Tom Brady ends up back somewhere else, whether it's the Patriots or another team. Maybe it's the Raiders because there was some smoke there yeah. before the Tampa Bay thing. I agree, but I think that he was kind of like burned by that situation. I don't know that he'd go back there. And plus, talk about a disaster. You want to walk back into that mess? Like, look what's going on there. I mean, yes, they have Devontae Adams, and there's your weapons, but – and he's got familiarity, I guess, with the head coach there in, in Vegas. I could see that. But uh, they are a train wreck, too. Talk about time management and not understanding what's in front of them and, and uh, not utilizing their weapons properly. I just – would Brady really want to walk into something that's not as proven and familiar as it would be in New England? I don't know about that. But but you were asking about the Jets, correct? Go back yes. to the Jets. If we're going to potentially see Aaron Rodgers on the move, like we are pontificating about the potential for Tom Brady. Yeah, I don't know that Rodgers would go to the Jets. Mm. I, I can't – I honestly – It's I a team see... that can win right now. They've got a great defense, and if you get all of your injured pieces of a Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker back, then I can't – think that he would automatically say no to that yeah I think we have a better shot of seeing Jimmy Garoppolo there than we do Aaron Rodgers I think Rodgers stays puts with the pack I think he had his opportunity to walk last season he didn't do it he let his star receiver walk and now he'll walk that back and try and build around him this year and do this thing right I think Jordan Love is kind of screwed in that aspect I don't think Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere outside of Green Bay I think you're right Tom Brady's the one that's on the move yeah, tough contract to move if you are Aaron Rodgers. He is under contract beyond this season for two more years. He signed a mega deal worth $50 million a year. But I do think that there are several teams that would be interested 
in trying to get him to be their suitor for next be their suitor for next year, but let's not write it off that he doesn't finish out in Green Bay this year and maybe he's able to to right the ship and be confident going into 2023 up in Green Bay. All right, coming up next, at what point should we be concerned about one defending champion? That's after this from FanDuel. Football season is heating up, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet does not win. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, so sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Courtney Cronin, Shay Cornette, hanging out with you here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You are listening to Canty and Carlin. Plenty to get to here on a very busy day throughout the NFL, but let's turn our attention to the association and Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst here on Canty and Carlin. Monica, I want to start with the Warriors-Mavs game last night because we know that traveling violations, have, we feel like there's an uptick on the ones that are being called. Palming violations ha- feels like it's happening a lot more frequently, but the Warriors seem to be on the negative side of that coming out of this game last night. What was your takeaway on some of the calls that were made? Uh, Honestly, Court, for me, I wasn't really taken aback. I think the infamous Steph Curry play that we all are talking about this morning, he definitely switched his pivot foot. Uh, I don't know what the big hubbubaloo is. He travels. Pretty simple to me. Um, I do think that we, because our NBA athletes are so great and so creative, and we've seen, you know, James Harden, Eurostep, Trey Young, Eurostep, even to a degree, the Steph step back kind of be blessed, I guess we'll use that word, for so long. It's a little bit frustrating. But if you really look at the footwork, like, there's troubles. What? I mean, I know what y'all want me to say. (laughs) All right. Let's focus in on the team as a whole, Monica, here, and the Golden State Warriors. Currently, if you look at the standings in the West, they're sitting as a nine seed. Now, the season is very young, so we don't need to get too far into that. But the fact that they're sitting at 500 for a Golden State team that just won the chip and they bring back virtually everyone that was on that roster, is that alarming to you at all? Or is this a relaxed situation where we need to pump the brakes because it's so early? I think it's a little bit of both, Shay. Uh, it is early, but I don't think that this team is the same as last year. When you look at the personnel, the, the guys that have moved on, Damian Lillard being one, uh, Gary Payton being another, they had vital roles in terms of what they did with this Warriors organization. I do think the reality of Steph aging is also real. 
you talk to anybody preparing to to play the Warriors, the strategy will be, or the conversation will go something like this. We know Steph is likely going to get his numbers. We'll live with that, and we have to contain everybody else. Right now, Steph is averaging 31 points. I think Andrew Wiggins is second at 18, which would be fine if there was more balance. But the idea that teams have been able to be successful in containing everybody else and let Steph do his thing, and this team doesn't have the defensive prowess that we're used to, I mean, I think you get the formula that we have now. Now, obviously, for the Warriors, everything they do is built around championships. Do I think that this is a championship team? Mm, Not really. But is this a team that we're still going to be talking about in the playoffs? Yeah. So, like, I understand why True Blue Warriors fans are alarmed. um, But I don't think that this team is going to linger around the bottom of the Western Conference. Monica McNutt is our guest here on Canty and Carlin, Courtney Kern, and Shea Cornett sitting in for the guys. So on that note, ahead of the deadline in a couple months, what do the Warriors need to do to get back to being a championship pedigree team? What additions can they make? You know, Court, that's a loaded question because I think the theory was that they had everything they had in-house in terms of their young guys. I mean, I was in Chicago last year for a game when Jonathan Kaminga showed off on the um, Chicago Bulls, and we've seen him do that in spurts. Like, everyone was so excited about the addition of James Wiseman and Steve Kerr has been very mindful to point out that him going down to the G league is not a punishment of any sorts is allowing him to get reps. And so I think that they believe they have enough in house. Um, I think that the young guys are, are taking a little longer to catch than they would have liked. Now that's an organization that usually doesn't quibble about spending money. Um, but I think with some uncertainty, we'll call it lingering around like Draymond's green future with the organization, so on and so forth. Um, they will be looking for sort of veteran guys, minimum guys that maybe could help stem the side and have some stem the tide, excuse me, and have some of that defensive pedigree that we're used to seeing from the Warriors. But I don't think that there's a big time free agent addition lingering for this squad. Like I just don't see that. I think slowly but surely the window on their dynasty just might be closing. And I think that's okay. They've had an incredible run. Can we go to the team that played the Warriors last, and that would be the Dallas Mavericks here, Mon, because I don't know what Luka has to do. This dude drops a 40-point triple-double. He actually dropped 41, but a 40-point triple-double, again with the triple-double. Before the game, he goes out and he calls Giannis the best player in the world. That's all fine and good. But why doesn't Luka get that same conversation? Why isn't he in the same kind of air as Giannis, as even Durant? Like, Why don't we talk about him like that, considering what he seems to continuously do year after year, game after game? You know, Shay, I was having this conversation with some friends last night because, Luca aside, I do think that we are reticent in a very weird way to kind of ingratiate this next wave of NBA stars. And I don't know, we all may need to deal with our um, nostalgia issues partly. But I think (laughs) when it comes to Luca, I think that one depends on who you talk to, right? Like, he was the favorite for the MVP. I think right now he's sitting at second in that conversation. But Dallas still, in a lot of folks' minds, particularly casual NBA fans, and even us that make a living out of following the league, is still kind of a step away, right? We've seen Giannis prove himself. We've seen KD prove himself. Like, Dallas, for whatever reason, is still a step away. And I think the consensus is that they're going to need to add a little bit more to maximize Luka in his prime. The numbers are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But even if we were to look at the standings right now, if we had to look at the teams with better records, there are also MVP candidates on those squads and they have better records. Now, mind you, it's 20 games in, the difference could be as little as two or one games, but that is the margin of some of these decisions being one or two games or one or two stats off. So I think it's weird that we're reticent to give Luca all that he's due. I think more and more people are doing it, particularly when you start to have the conversation that asks the question, who would you want to build your organization around? 
and it's like Luca, Ja, Jason right now, and a lot of people will acknowledge Luca. But and then I I have found lately too, just talking to kind of fans, engaging on Twitter, there is a real like. There's two sides of it, whether on whether or not you actually want to play with Luca. Some folks feel like you know Luca being so ball dominant has run off Jalen Brunson. I don't necessarily believe that, but there are questions of whether or not his game is going to be more like James Harden as opposed to LeBron James. I see him more in LeBron James light, but that's just me. Monica, real quick before we get you out of here, last night the Clippers beat the Trailblazers 118-112. Someone who was not playing and should not shock any of us was Kawhi Leonard, inactive for his 106th time in his last 111 Clippers games. Mm. Why does this not get more attention? Because Kawhi is so so cool, Court. Like, and I still maintain <laughs> if Kawhi decides that he's not, I know it's not a decision, I'm not making light of his health. But if Kawhi gets back on the floor and gets back to it, he's still a top 10 player, maybe top five in this league, in my mind. But because Kawhi is so low-key and there's not much to add on it, like, it really doesn't come up until people are like, well, the Clippers could be good if, if Kawhi is healthy, right? Um, so I just think, also, that's the nature of Kawhi's game, whether, or I shouldn't say his game, but kind of the nature of his career. It has lingered with him since he parted ways that last season in San, San Antonio, he truly didn't play the entire season, even when he was the hired mercenary that won the Raptors an NBA championship. Like, this is kind of who we've accepted Kawhi to be, uh, which is you bring up a great point in terms of why are we not making more hay, but I think it's also because Kawhi's going to let us make all the hay we want, and he'll just show up on the court, and that's it. Like, so I think a lot of this has to do with his personality and the way the organizations that he goes to decide to back him and not make a big deal out of it. There she is, Monica McNutt, ESPN basketball analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Shea Cornette here on Canty and Carlin. Thanks so much, Monica. Appreciate you. See you, girl. Thanks, girls. Have a great show. See you. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, last season, the Bengals got everyone's attention when they beat Kansas City in the regular season. So are they a good bet to do it again? It's a good bet, bad bet next here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? We will let you know right now here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Shay Cornette sitting in for the guys. Let's bring in our producer, Evan Wilner, maybe we'll help you win some money. I don't really know if uh, we have the credentials to do that. But let's talk some good bets and bad bets. Where are we starting? All right, Patrick Mahomes is now plus 400 to win MVP. Is that a good bet or a bad bet, Courtney? It's an okay bet because I think oh, you, have put, you have to come on. This put isn't Taylor good bet, in. bad bet, okay bet. It's good bet, <laughs> bad bet. Fine, it's a good bet, but I'm still <laughs> thinking about Jalen Hurts in the mix here too because everything he's done, and sometimes we have issues parsing through how we should weigh running statistics for a quarterback versus those who throw the ball very proficiently, which Jalen Hurts does, but he doesn't. He has something that Patrick Mahomes has not been exhibiting, which is that incredible rushing ability. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes, still a front runner, not the front runner for the MVP, but I say it's a good bet. 
I don't know why she's yelling, uh, but she's getting so worked up. Uh, I, it's a good bet. He continues to just lead the league and far and away be the leader for passing yards, passing touchdowns. Uh, tough battle this week for Patrick Mahomes. I think there'll be some ups and downs to this thing, but to me it's a really good bet. I love Jalen Hurts, and I would be so happy if he won it. I just think, especially lately over the last few weeks, Patrick Mahomes has been more impressive. All right, the Bengals are plus 110 to upset the Chiefs on Sunday. Remember, they did it last year in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. This game is in Cincinnati on Sunday afternoon. So, Shay, Bengals plus 110 uh, on the money line. Good bet. Yeah. Bad bet. Good bet. I'll take it. And this was the ups and downs I was talking about with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. You know the phrase, act like you don't need that blank and you get that blank for free? Never that's kind of – okay, well, you can use it now and fill in the blank. But that's kind of how I feel like the blank, how the Bengals are like looking at this game. Like, we've been here before. I don't need to get all worked up about this. We'll take care of business. Um Bengals are a good football team, and I think they're trending in the right direction. Started out a little shaky. They're protecting their quarterback better now. Uh, Joe Burrow's making better decisions with the ball. They're the fourth-best team in the NFL on third-down offense, which obviously makes a difference, and they have the second-lowest opponent completion percentage. I think this is a Bengals team that's primed to win this game, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs are due for one, and it comes this weekend, and everyone gets skyline chili. Miss Courtney. I will say this is a good bet as well because things appear to be trending in the right direction for Jamar Chase. That's always good for your quarterback if you have your top weapon here. And they've been trending upwards as of late. They're one of these teams that's better than their record indicates. I'm not going as far to say that they're going to start pushing towards the Super Bowl and a repeat run. But against this Kansas City Chiefs team, which their secondary has been vulnerable at points this season, we saw what happened when Joe Burrow took advantage of that last year with Jamar Chase. I think they can have a repeat effort in that game. Mm-hmm. All right. Somehow Aaron Rodgers makes all the decisions for the Packers and also owns the Bears. I don't know how this is allowed, but he does. The Packers minus four to cover at the Bears. Courtney, good bet, uh, bad bet. Very good bet. I don't think you've had a bad bet yet. Uh, the Bears are very injured. We have no idea whether Justin Fields is going to play or not. I th- don't think he's going to. I don't think it's worth it. But this defense is undermanned already, and now they're hurt to add insult to literal injury. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. He might not be doing the discount double-check belt thing in front of the Bears crowd again because he's not feeling so great himself on a losing team that has a 2% chance, Shea, to make the playoffs. But they will cover and they will win. Uh, I agree. This is a good bet. I, and I actually, I think the line is four and a half now, Ev, since you let, wrote this. Wow. So, uh, I think it's moving <laughs> in favor of the Packers. The Bears are so banged up. We found out today. No, uh, Courtney found out today. I should say no Eddie Jackson, no Darnell Mooney uh, for the, I think, remainder of the season or at least up until the end. I don't think we see Justin Fields either, nor should we. Just let let Aaron Rodgers be the continuous owner of the Chicago Bears for the remainder of this season, and then we're really going to have some ownership discussions after this year. But let him just own it the rest of this year. That's fine. It is now four and a half, which makes me need yeah, to check the next one. Uh, here we go. Okay, that one has stayed the same. So the Saints are getting three and a half at the Bucks. The Saints always play Tom Brady tough. So, mm-hmm. Shay, good bet mm-hmm. or bad bet, the Saints getting three and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bad bet that. I-, I think this Saints team is so underwhelming, and I know the Bucks haven't been good either. 
And I know that these two teams aren't afraid of one another. But I'll take Tampa Bay here uh, to cover because I just think they're the better all-around football team. There's been a lot of problems with this Buck squad. Having talent isn't one of them. And so if they can actually get production from the guys who have the talent on their football team, um, they can win this game. The Saints have been so disappointing to me in every way, from coaching to injuries to guys not showing effort to the quarterback position. It goes on down the line. Give me the Bucks. I'll take the Saints in this one. Um, I know that I, I'm sorry that that like displeases you so much, but the Bucks have looked so terrible. <laughs> Look at what happened, and when we talked to Chris Canty, hosted this show, Canty and Carlin, earlier uh, this afternoon about how underwhelming the Bucks were in overtime, the play calling, the decision making, <laughs> and then they lost on the road to the four and seven previously three and seven Browns. I think that they're just done for the year. I don't think that they have it in them, so give me the Saints in that one. All right. One more? Yeah, one more. I'm told Indiana plays someone in something on some ESPN network. So IU minus four and a half to cover against the Tar Heels tonight in college basketball. I think there's a good, bad, or bad, but... Uh, let's go ahead and say it's a good bad because good teams cover. Great teams win games, too. Okay, Courtney. Mic drop. I agree. This is a great bet. I love these Tar Heels. I love Armando Baycott, but you know who I like better? Trace Jackson Davis. Hoosiers are going off tonight. They're going to get the dub. Uh, North Carolina's a good team, but they ain't as good as Indiana, who finally have some momentum on the college basketball side. Can't wait for it tonight. Should be a good one, Court. Big 10 ACG Challenge. Let's go. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Check out Candy and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio.